All right, so we'll be in Proverbs chapter 3 this morning. Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse 5, 6, and possibly verse 7. All right, so let's have a word of prayer right quick. Lord, we thank you, God, for this morning. We do thank you, God, for your goodness to us. God, I, I know, Lord, that this virus, God, is ravaging this country. God, Lord, and it's absolutely demolishing everything it seems like. And, uh, Lord, a lot of things could be said about that. Possibly some of it will be spoken of, God, during the Sunday school hour. And, Lord, in the morning service, God, but, Lord, those that are here, God, Lord, though we be few in number, I appreciate, God, Lord, that we're able to come. And, God, pray that you'd protect us, God, and the folks, Lord, that wanted to come. But, God, for some reason or another, God, we're concerned with valid concerns, God. I pray that you'd help them, God, and strengthen them. Lord, I pray that you'd protect every member of our church, God, from this mess. And, Lord, no doubt, God, there's no doubt in my mind, God, that several things are going on, Lord, first and foremost, that the media and the government's blowing this entirely out of proportion. But on the other hand, God, I do believe that it is a problem, Lord. It is a pandemic. And, God, with that, Lord, I believe, God, that that's a form of judgment, God, on this country. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us, God, be very merciful to us as a church. God, be very merciful to us as a nation. And, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd get a hold of folks' hearts. God, I know, Lord, that unfortunately it's probably going to take a lot more, God, than just a virus to get people's attention. God wants people to get to a point, God, to where they've gone so far from the Lord, God, it seems like judgment only seems to push them further. And so, God, I pray that you'd help us this morning. God, deal with our hearts, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Last week, last week, uh, let me just go ahead and say this. There are, there are a few folks that are here, obviously, uh, and it will probably seem pretty strange and pretty odd for those of us that are here, but there are, I'm sure there will, at, if not at this point, there will be people that are listening. You can get that word out to folks, whatever, but there will be folks that are listening, but I encourage you either way to, uh, to try and get something from the Lord. I flip-flop back and forth between having services today and not having services today. What are we going to do? I'll just come down here and record services. I flip-flop back and forth about that several times, and I finally went to bed last night. I, I couldn't go to bed until about 11 or 12 o'clock, just aggravated at myself for letting myself be pushed into a corner of saying, no, I'm not going to have services. And the reason that I got aggravated is because it would seem like that when judgment and when trouble starts coming, it would seem like people would start running to churches and asking God, God, help me. Lord, I'm ready to get right. And I understand that the government's got a hand in this as far as, hey, you've got to avoid people, quote-unquote, social distancing, which people have distanced themselves socially for years anyway. That's one of the effects of technology. That's what technology will do for you. But nonetheless, people have used that, I think, as, as a further excuse to just run away from church and run away from God and run away from everything that's righteous and it bothers me. It bothers me that preachers would let that go on, which a lot of preachers are doing a lot of stuff as far as trying to get the gospel out anyway, getting the word of God out anyway. But I don't, if for nothing else, I didn't feel like it would be right to cancel services per se uh, just so that we'd have an opportunity to at least gather around the word of God. And if that was going to be our family, we'd be okay with that. Glad that we have some somebody else here with us. So nonetheless... 
<clears throat> I encourage you to try to get something from the Lord this morning. We're going to, I intend on having Sunday school. We'll maybe sing a song for the Sunday morning service, and then we'll have uh, preaching, and then I'm going to come back tonight. If anybody comes, and my family, I'm sure, will be here, but if you guys can, if you want to, you're welcome to. If not, that'll be fine. And then I'm going to have services Wednesday. I'm going to just keep going on because I'd rather the Word of God be here and be putting out regardless of what folks do than to sit at home and, you know, worry about stuff. So, nonetheless, it's ironic. It's ironic how all this stuff turned out. Last week we were in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 through 4, and the Bible we talked about in verse 4 primarily about, So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and men. Now, I'm going to take my time this morning because there's no, there's no rush of anybody dis disrupting us, but I'll, I'll do my best not to go over an hour. But we talked last week in verse 4 about where he says, So shalt thou find good uh, favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. And we kind of left off from that and finished that up. And then this week, ironically, I know it's just by chance, and I say that tongue-in-cheek sarcastically, we start out with verse 5 in Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. <clears throat> so it could be said, it, this is one of those passages in Proverbs chapter 3 or in the, in the Bible. That's, it's like John 3.16. It's quoted so much that people kind of take it. And just kind <clears> of <throat> trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not into thine own understanding. In other words, it's become a part of Christian culture, which I'm not ashamed of per se, but it's become one more verse of Scripture that's just a thing of, well, it's just something that we say. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that it's just, it's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything anymore. But it doesn't come as far as in this church it doesn't come at any better of a time as far as our as for our consideration in Sunday school where he says trust in the Lord with all thine heart and the thing that bothers me the thing that bothers me about what's going on in the country right now I have to say something about this stuff the thing that bothers me about what's going on in the country right now is that Christians I could understand if it was lost people I could understand that if it was people that don't have any hope anywhere else. But Christians have more confidence and they have more trust in the government, in the CDC, in the WHO, and in Lysol and Clorox than they have in their God. The thing is, is that if God is powerful enough, if God is big enough, if God is strong enough to change your eternal destination from going to hell to going to heaven... Why in the world would God not be strong enough to keep you safe in the midst of a virus? And I said this in a message that I recorded called the COVID-19 message, which I haven't put on the Internet yet. But the thing is, is that if you can, you can go quarantine yourself in your house all day long as much as you want to, you can go hide yourself and you can distance yourself socially. But if God has it made up in his mind that he's going to get you that virus, you're done. You, you can do everything that you want to do. You can cry and you can sit at home and bite your fingernails and you can worry and you can be concerned all day long. But if God wants you to get it, you're getting it. Uh, not to try to re-preach the message that I preached already, 
to myself and to these pews, and the pews didn't get right in that message. So I have to preach a little bit harder. But nonetheless, in, uh, in that message, I made the comment out of Proverbs. I, I forget what chapter it is, but there's a verse in Proverbs that says, it's Proverbs 21, verse 31. The Bible says, The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. And you can wash your hands. You can, you know, try to keep yourself distanced from folks that may have been infected or exposed to the virus. You can do all that stuff, and there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But safety's of the Lord. You can take your horse, and you can put the armor on him. You can put the horseshoes on him, and you can put a man on him with a sword that's been trained to fight. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's God that's going to give you victory. And if it doesn't come from God, you're not going to get victory. Israel, time and time again, Israel, even today, they're some of the most tenacious fighters as far as their military goes. They're some of the tenacious fighters that there ever have been, and there's good reason for it. They've had plenty of practice. But nonetheless, if God doesn't have a hand in their warfare, they're toast. Well, it's the same way as living the Christian life, whether it be things with spiritual matters or whether it be things with uh, physical matters like a virus or sickness or plagues. It doesn't matter. You can prepare all day long and you can prepare all you want to. And you should. You should prepare. You should get ready. You should be careful. You should be wise. But at the same time, if you've got more confidence in your preparations, God will level you. God will bring you to your knees. And it's unfortunate that we're living in a country, that we're living in a country, we're living in a society where not lost people alone, Christians have now jumped over into the position of where the world is, and what they've got confidence is in their own efforts. No confidence in God. You say, how do you know that? Conduct a poll this week, go and talk to all the Christians that you know, and ask them how much time they spent praying about this issue. Very little. I guarantee you, very little. Uh, I dare say some of us haven't spent nearly enough time praying about this issue. Uh, worried out of your mind, biting your fingers off, concerned about stuff. Okay, fine, be concerned, but be concerned on your knees. And listen, if you're not willing to be concerned about it on your knees, then bite your fingers and nails off. Bite them off until they bleed, because that's all you're going to get. Man, why are you talking so hard to us? Because it frustrates me about my own flesh. It frustrates me about my own self, about how we trust everything else except God. Blows my mind. Uh, You take a fellow who's been raised in church, myself, been raised in church, raised in church nine months before I was even born. My mama carried me to church nine months before I was even born. You'd think by now, you'd think by now that a fellow like this would have it all figured out as far as, hey man, you can trust the Lord. Not, not hardly, not hardly. Still the same trouble, still, still this, still got flesh, but man, you're going to have, you're going to have to trust the Lord or go nuts one. And I think some people would rather go nuts People are hung up on drama. People love it. People love to get spun up over stuff. That's what happens when you take a a nation and feed them reality TV that isn't any more real than Disneyland and Mickey Mouse and whatever else. You keep feeding people reality TV, what that really translates to is drama TV. And so now the news media 
has gotten in with them, and so what they report, they know what sells advertisements. That's what the news is all about. It's all about keeping your attention so that they can send commercials past you. That's how they make money. You get ratings, and so now once you get ratings, now you can advertise yourself to other advertisers. They'll pay you money to get a slot on your station so that now you can make big money from all the advertisers. Well, the way that they get you hooked is they feed you drama all day. Drama, 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 drama. You don't have to watch soap operas no more. You don't have to watch Days of Our Lives or As the World Burns. You don't have to watch any of that stuff. Just turn on the 10 o'clock news. You say, man, you're making, you're making light of everything that's going on in the world. No and yes. It's a problem. It's a bad problem. But at the same time, it ain't nowhere near as bad. It isn't anywhere near as bad as what the media is making it out to be. Let me put it to you in perspective along these lines. Let me put it in perspective to you like this. Everything that's going on right now has gone on in the world somewhere else other than the United States. This is not anything new. It's COVID-19. Okay, sure, maybe that's new. But people have been fighting plagues for the entire history of the world. Uh, the bubonic plague. Uh, let's go back farther than that. Let's go uh, Black Death, all that stuff. Let's go back farther than that. Let's go back to the book of Exodus and look at Egypt. All that stuff was going on. And the reason that God, God told Israel, he said, the reason that all this stuff is going on is because Egypt's wicked. And he said, and I believe, I forget what chapter in the book of Exodus it was. It was when they had, after they had made their Exodus, after they had left Egypt, God told them, he said, if you'll observe my commandments, my ordinances, he said, I won't. It was when they were at the, the thing with Mara, with the bitter water, the place where Moses grabbed that tree and threw it in that water. He told them, he said, if you'll observe my commandments and my ordinances, he said, I won't take any of these plagues and put them on you. He said, I'll take all these diseases, all of this trouble. He said, I won't put them on you. Are you saying that God's doing this because of judgment? Yes. You're not, man, you are not. <clears throat> You're not going to murder unborn babies and get away with it. You're not going to love homosexuals and endorse that kind of lifestyle and look at that and just say, well, it's love and it's just one more alternative. You're not going to do that and God sit on his throne and let that stuff go. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen in this country. It didn't happen in Greece. It didn't happen in Rome. It didn't happen in Israel. It didn't happen in Canaan. It's not going to happen in America. God is going to visit the stuff and I don't give a rip who it hair lips. I don't care if the government says that I'm a terrorist. I'm not. Not trying to, actually, I take that back. I am trying to invoke some terror in your heart, but it's not a terror of People's Baptist Church or Nathan Irie or anything like that. It's a terror of God. People, people have gotten away from a fear of God. And so why in the world would you trust in him? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Just trust him, man. Trust him. Trust God. If you can't trust God, then, man, I don't know what to tell you. Oh, some of the greatest preparation, some of the greatest preparation that could have been made as far as Christians go 
for Christians in this church, I'll say, I know that a lot of folks aren't here, but I pray to God that they'll listen to this on the internet. I know a lot of folks aren't here, but some of the preparations that could have been made for folks in this church was that they started trusting God before this stuff ever came along. They weren't. Folks in this church, they were not trusting God before this stuff came along. And so now that a crisis has taken place, they've got to figure out, who do I have confidence in? It's not God. Okay, so turn on the television and put your confidence in CNN. So some jackleg gets on CNN. I was watching YouTube the other day. Some jackleg gets on CNN I don't know what his last name is. First name, Brian. Short, fat, ball-headed dude. Probably about my age. Absolute moron. Needs to be taken out and shot as far as spiritual things are concerned. I'd, I wouldn't shoot him because that's not my responsibility under the kingdom of God. My responsibility is to pray for him and witness to him. Let me be very clear about that. But nonetheless, nonetheless, probably still needs to be taken out and horsewhipped. But nonetheless, gets on TV and starts talking about uh, talk, starts talking about this coronavirus issue and says, you know, I have a verse of Scripture flowing through my mind. Well, what verse of Scripture is that, Mr. Brian? Leviticus whatever, blah, 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 blah. Love thy neighbor as thyself. I have another verse of Scripture going through my mind. Matthew, so forth and so on. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. And the point that he was trying to make was stay out of church. Don't go to church. Mm -hmm. That's a communist trying to destroy church attendance. And it's worked. It worked. It worked real well. Worked real well. Worked real well in people's Baptist church. It's worked real well in other churches. Now, I, I knew I was going to make a comment about that, some of that stuff. And folks that are listening that are at home, I know that there's folks at home today out of this church that have genuine concerns and if I was in their shoes I'd be doing the same thing but not everybody of course a lot of folks stayed at home today because I sent out the message that we weren't having no service so that's entirely understood but if we would have had service this morning hey we're not coming mm-hmm mm-hmm that's because you're being ministered to more by CNN and ABC and MSNBC than you are by the word of God there's no, there's no reason. There's no, there's no reason why we should be confused as to why Christians are not trusting the Lord. It's because they're not ministered to by the Lord. They haven't been ministered to by the Lord this week. I told Brother Spike, who is a little bit concerned that he may have this little ordeal, but nonetheless, I was talking to Brother Spike not yesterday, but a couple of days before. I was talking to him about as far as my own concerns go. You know, we canceled church on Wednesday, and as soon as I did that, there was something in the back of my mind that said, man, I got a break. And I, I knew as soon as I thought that, boy, you're heading, you're heading for a bad road. You're fixing to mess up because you don't have no break. People can cancel churches. Pastors can cancel church services, but that doesn't mean that you can cancel your Christianity. It doesn't mean that you can cancel fellowship with God. You quit fellowshipping with God. You're toast. You're toast. And so people are getting more ministered to. They're getting more ministration from TV and the news media. They're getting more ministration from that than they are from anywhere else. And so it's no wonder that people are losing their mind. It's no wonder at all. 
That's right. That's right. One of the greatest things I did this beginning of this week, instead of letting myself get all wrapped around the axle with this stuff, one of the greatest things, I, one of the best decisions I made this week was instead of uh, taking a break, I doubled my Bible reading. Just double it, man. Hey, things are going to get rough. Things are going to get tough. Listen, you folks that are sitting at home right now, if you're listening to this, whether you're listening to it on Sermon Audio or whether you're listening to it on YouTube Live, some of you folks that are quarantining yourself, you're going to have to figure out how you're going to be able to survive. And now, now you, you're distancing yourself from the church, whether you're justified in that or not. That really, really, honest, honest to goodness, honest to goodness, that is between you and the Lord. But I will tell you, it is between you and the Lord. And if you distance yourself from church, if you distance yourself from preaching, you're going to have to figure out, you're going to have to figure out, how am I going to make it? How am I going to survive spiritually? Because I'm telling you, you get out from underneath the influence of the Word of God and preaching and prayer, you ain't going to make it. Quit going to church. You better start doubling your Bible reading. You better start doubling the amount of time you're praying. That goes for the preacher just as well as it goes for any church member. It, it goes for anybody. Now, you've been praying for 30 minutes a day. You better start praying an hour a day. Sure, you've been reading 10 pages in your Bible. You better start reading 20. You're going to need it. That's right. Part of the reason I decided to come up here this morning was because I ain't interested in having home church. I just, God, God's not down at my house. God's here on Sunday morning. You say God's everywhere. I understand that, but I know that God wants me here. This is where God wants me, and so this is where I'm going to be. And if, that, if it's just me, then I might be here by myself. If it's me and my family and maybe some other folks who are here, praise the Lord. Some folks sitting at home tuned in. Praise the Lord. Either way, I want to be in my place. I want to be in my place. And I know, I know that there's other folks sitting at home want to be in their place, but maybe got some genuine concerns. I don't, I don't want to play off on that. I understand. But I know that there's some of you devils sitting at the house right now that the only reason you're sitting at home is because you're a lazy sack. You say, how do you know that, preacher? Because you wasn't coming before all this coronavirus broke out. which I will be here to deal with you when you get back about that. Amen. You like that or you lump it. You say, well, I'm not coming back. Stay home then. God will be down at your house to visit you about that mess. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. You like that or you lump it. I'm telling you, you're in a bad situation, folks. You're in a bad situation. You say, who are you talking to? People's Baptist. People's Baptist. You start getting cold on God. And then all of a sudden, here breaks out a virus, and you start running from God. You say, you're saying that just because we didn't come to church. No, I, I take responsibility for why you're not here in church. I told you that we wasn't going to have church this morning. That's not, the, that's not the case. I'm talking about the way you've been living this week. You should have been, you should, you should have been down on your knees praying about this stuff. You ain't spent five minutes in prayer a day. Before you meal, oh God, help this situation. That's about all the prayer you've invested in this thing. No wonder you should be stone cold scared out of your mind. You brought it on yourself. 
Preacher, I think you should just encourage us this morning. I am. I'm encouraging you to get right with God. Get right with God. Get right with God. You're a disaster. Get right with God. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Preacher, I just don't understand why all this stuff is taking place. That's because you ain't trusting in the Lord. It's because you ain't looking for God. You ain't worried about that. You're leaning to your own understanding. I just... And, and listen, there ain't near one of us sitting in here, sitting in here, or sitting at home. There ain't near one of us that's got much understanding outside of the Spirit of the Lord and outside of the Word of God. Amen. And that's why he says, don't lean to your own understanding. You're going to have to tap into a source of understanding outside of yourself. When those boys like Bezalel down, uh, back there in the book of Exodus started building the tabernacle, one thing that God filled them with was the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding. That was what God filled them with. God filled them with that so that they could do a work. And so the Lord says here in Proverbs chapter 3, He says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Well, what you got to trust in the Lord is because there... Why do you have to trust in the Lord? Because there's work to do. You say, well, Brother Nathan, the government's got us on quarantine. There's still work to do. There's still work to do. Listen, last time I checked, we still believed in separation of church and state. Now, now listen, I, I understand full well I understand full well that churches, pastors, and uh, officers of the church have to take into consideration the fact that it might just be best to cancel services or to do services online because it helps increase the ability of people to not be in the same proximity with each other. I totally understand that. So I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a necessarily a bad decision. That's for those individual pastors to decide for themselves. However, I'm not interested in shutting those service down just because the government tells me I've got to. I understand. I, I understand full well. I, I understand full well that why God puts governors, why God puts government over people. But God puts those people, according to Romans chapter 13, God puts those people in power so that they're a minister of God to thee for good, not evil. And I just, I can't bear the thought of how somebody telling you, you should stay out of church. I can't bear the thought of how in the world that's a good thing. The only thing I can figure out is that they're not a minister of God to thee for good. God did... did I got a lot of respect for Brian Kemp right now. I, DeSantis, I think, is down there in uh, Florida. I couldn't remember his name Wednesday night, but DeSantis, I believe, is down there in Florida. But Brian Kemp, they keep pushing. The media and all the liberals are pushing Brian Kemp to lock the state down. They're, they're pushing him to lock the state down. And Brian Kemp keeps telling him, no, I'm not doing it. Now, he may back up and do it tomorrow, but he said, I ain't doing it. He said, you can, he said, you can lock the state down. He said, but all that's going to do, he said, all it's potentially going to cause is people to break the law anyway. They're not, people are not going to lock themselves down. I think Brian Kemp might have some sense. He... He, he's done some things that I'm not real crazy about, but on that I think he's got some sense. People, 
People are nuts, man. What are you going to do? No, 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 no. It's not what the government's going to do. What are you going to do as a citizen? When are we going to get out of this, especially as church folks, as Christians, when are we going to get out of this mindset that the government has to take care of me? Listen, let me give you an illustration. If I want to wear a seatbelt, I'll wear a seatbelt. If I feel like that's necessary for my safety, I'll do that. Not, I'm not going to stand the government telling me that I have to wear a seatbelt. You say, I disagree with that. Okay, that's fine. Not, I'm just trying to prove a point. And the point that I'm trying to prove is that it's not the government's responsibility to keep me safe as far as my own decisions. It's my responsibility. I understand that there's more aspects to that because, hey, you know, you may make the decision to get out and socialize with people, but you're making the decision to socialize with people that don't want you to socialize with them because you're sick and they're not. So I understand stuff like that. I understand that there's more than one angle to that stuff, but people have the wrong attitude about what government's there for. The people think that the government is there to meet my every need and wait on me hand and foot, and that's not what the government's there for. The government is not there to provide you with medical care. It's your responsibility. Let me just let me just jump off here into some political issues. Government's responsibility is not Medicaid, not Medicare. It's not medical. It's, it's not to take care of your hide. Listen, let me tell you how to take care of yourself. Let me take, tell you how to take care of yourself. Work. Exercise. Eat right. Well, medical insurance is so high. Why shouldn't it be? 80% of Americans are, overbe- are overweight. They're obese. Grossly, morbidly obese. And so what you're going to do is you're going to ask the government to get involved and penalize the medical insurance companies when they're having to... I understand insurance is a racket. I understand that they're, those people are conning people out of... I understand all of that stuff, but why should they not do that when you're living like a hog eating everything in sight and you won't take care of yourself? Why should it not be that way? It's consequence. No conspiracy to it. Government's not trying to, the medical insurance is not, companies are not trying to break your neck per se. They're trying to make a profit. That's what people do. He that laboreth, laboreth for himself, for his mouth craveth it of him. Those guys that are CEOs of Aetna and Blue Cross and Blue Shield, they want to make money just like every single one of you folks want to do in here and you folks that are listening outside. They want to make money just like you do. Why would they not take up the insurance rates when you don't take care of yourself? You're costing their insurance company money. They should take up the insurance rate. You want insurance rates to go down? Do right. Take care of yourself. Quit asking the government to intervene on your behalf because you're a sorry sack. Praise the Lord. There are not very many people here this morning, although I appreciate the folks that are here, but one thing's for sure, I know the Lord's here. That, stuff's, that stuff is ridiculous. You better start getting right with God, folks. You better start getting right with God. 
Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Have you stopped to consider that coronavirus may have been God? It may have been God that started all this. You say, Trump started this down in China. Shut your mouth. You say, the liberals started this in China. Shut your mouth. God did it. God did it. God allowed it. God let that thing be dreamed up. God let, listen, you as a country, as an American country, you're not going to get in bed economically with a communist country and expect to walk away from that deal without having fleas. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You say, well, if we didn't do business with China, we'd have to do without a lot of goods. Who said you needed them in, in the first place? Learn to do without them. Amen. The plague of this country has been prosperity. Prosperity is a product of people doing right. That's what it's a product of. People do right, God blesses them. It's been that way throughout history. You do right, God bless you. You do wrong, God mess with you. The problem is that when God starts blessing people, it causes people to get soft and then they start leaving God out. That's what happened to the United States. God, we started out with dirt floors in our homes. We started out with mothers and grandmothers who were staying at home and cooking meals over a fireplace and a hearth inside the home. Didn't have nothing to their name. And the fellows were out working their rear end off from sun up to sundown. And those ladies were working their rear end off sun up to sundown. Proverbs 31. They're working just as hard, maybe in some cases, harder than the fellows were. And then God started blessing this country, and some jackleg got in office, started messing with stuff, and started letting that prosperity, started letting, and I say jackleg, it's really jacklegs, plural. Of course, there was jacklegs in office back when the country was founded, but it just got worse as time went on. All this prosperity starts showing up. God starts blessing, and people say, well, hey, maybe we just need to start getting along with everybody else. And start, as a result, you have to leave God out of everything. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, you can hang on to your prosperity as long as you want. You can try to hang on to that as long as you want. But, buddy, you headed for a disaster. Oh, the stock market has fell down 2,000 points within the past however long. No kidding. Why should it not? I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I, I hope the stock market goes back up 4,000 points. I want this country to be economically well just like any other sane American does. But at the same time, I understand full well God's behind this. I, stuff getting me riled up. You say, what's going on? People not acknowledging God. People looking at the situation. Oh, it's, it's them liberals. Oh, it's Trump. Oh, it's this person. Oh, it's this. And I'll be honest, I'm not so sure that it ain't the liberals that are plotting all this. But I know this, behind them liberals, somebody's stirring them folks up to do that stuff. If it is the liberals. Somebody's stirring them up to do that. For the transgression of the land, many are the princes thereof. So God let a virus come out, and so now all the princes of the land are starting to lock everything down. You say, why? This country don't deserve no freedom. It doesn't deserve no liberty. You say, why? They're, li they're wicked. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Kick God out, no more liberty. 
Amen. 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 God bless you. Have mercy. That, we're in a disaster. We're in a mess. And the mess is not the coronavirus. The mess is the spiritual condition of Christians. Not lost people. Christians. Christians. Christians in People's Baptist Church. Christians at First Baptist Church. Christians at Victory Baptist Church. Christians down at Camp Pickney Baptist. The problem with this country is not anything more. It doesn't start any other place than right here at the house of God. This is where the problem is. This is the place where we've got to get the stuff right. If this place doesn't get right, this, this nation is broken. It's over. It's over. Game over. Quit getting along with homosexuals. Quit getting along with fornicators. Quit deriving your entertainment from adulterers and murderers. You're not going to sit around. Listen, you're not going to sit around and be entertained by rape and murder and fornication and adultery and then turn around and say, God, why are you letting the coronavirus eat us up? Why should he not? He should. I don't like that. I don't want that to be so. I pray that I, I pray that God have mercy on us. I don't want to die. I don't want my family to die. I don't want nobody in this church to die. I don't want nobody anywhere to die. But at the same time, it's the only reasonable conclusion. The wages of sin is death. You say that's for lost people. Saved and lost people. No qualifying statement there. Faster, the more you sin, the faster you're headed to the grave. That's right. You say, what's going on? You ain't acknowledged him. You ain't acknowledged him. Well, I feel like there's been more liberty here this morning than there has been in the last couple of weeks. Should say something, folks. Should say something. You say, who are you talking to? Oh, you folks that aren't here. Amen, amen. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. If you just turn around and say, God, what's going on? God will start directing your paths. God will start opening up doors. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. You know what that verse says? That verse says that God takes the rivers and turns them. Here's the Nile River. The reason that the Nile River flows where it flows is not because the Nile River cut a groove and made a bunch of erosion. It's not because of that. It's because God directed that river. The, way that, the reason that the Mississippi cuts the way that it does is because God made it do that. Well, the Bible says that the same way that God does, the same way that God did that, God will take a man's heart and turn it whithersoever He will. That's not a Calvinist statement. That's not a statement of of God overtaking your will. Calvinism's a bunch of crock. It's foolish. It's foolish. But at the same time, in Romans, the Bible talks about how that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Well, God did that because Pharaoh first. Hardened his heart against God, and God said, Okay, if that's the direction you want to go, here you go. And opened up the doors for him to harden his heart further. And so he says, In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct you past. It works that way negatively, but it also works that way in a positive sense. You humble your heart and say, God, Lord, here we have a virus. We've got a bunch of stuff that's going on. God, be merciful. God, help us. God, help us. Be merciful. God will start opening doors and saying, Hey, here you go, here's your way out. Just keep on going on in the hardness of your iniquity and the coldness and deadness of your own, 
of your own sin and wretchedness, and God will open up doors for you to head that way. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now look at verse 7. He says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Now, you know what's interesting? He says, Fear the Lord first and depart from evil. Those two things are supposed to go together, but they don't always. The Bible says in the book of James, I got it wrote right here in my margin, James chapter 2, verse 9, the Bi- or verse 19, the Bible says that the devils believe and tremble. They fear. So fearing is not enough. You've got to fear the Lord and depart from evil. You're not, you're not going to get away with just saying, Oh, I'm afraid of the Lord. Oh, God. Oh, God. And then get up off your knees and just go on and do whatever the blazes you want to do. It ain't going to work. He said, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Well, maybe if I'll get out on my knees and tell God how scared I am of what he's doing and all this stuff, maybe he'll have mercy on me and let me get away with some of this devilment. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You can get out on your knees and tell the Lord you're afraid all day long, but if that fear doesn't move you to quit doing your devilment or start doing righteousness, you ain't scared of God. You ain't scared of God. I know that my kids are not scared of me. They're not, they're not worried about what I'm telling them so long as they're doing what they want. The moment where I know that the fear of daddy has gotten through to them is the moment where they start conducting their lives the way that I want them to live. Hey, don't touch that. Look at you and kind of think about it and reach out and touch it. Well, what did they do that for? Because they're really not scared. Hey, don't touch that. And so they don't touch it so long as, the, as you're there. As soon as you turn your back, reach out and touch it. You say, what's going on? They're still not afraid. Hey, God said, don't do that. Okay. And so people don't do it so long as the preacher is standing around, and then the moment that the preacher lives, they start doing it again. You say, what's the matter? You're not afraid of God or the preacher. You're not afraid of nobody. You say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says in Proverbs 15, I believe it's 15.3, he says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Brother Mark made a comment one time. He said, the basis to conviction is the, is the understanding that God knows. The basis to conviction is the understanding that God knows. Hey, that stuff you're getting ready to look at, God knows. That stuff that you're getting ready to do with your hands and those places you're getting ready to go to with your feet, God knows. God's watching. All that devilment you tur- pouring on through the television, letting it come into your house, God knows that mess. Why would God not let this stuff go? Why would God not start killing people? How do you know that the people that haven't died don't need to die? You say, man, they're, they're all old people and they're innocent babies. Do you realize in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, when God told Israel to go in and conquer a nation, a lot of times God said, wipe them all out, don't spare man, woman, child, boy, girl, infant, don't spare any of them. If God told Israel to do that, why would God not do that himself? 
I mean, what, do you, what are we going to do, folks? What, what are we going to do? We're going to sit here and say that this isn't from the Lord? Who has, I mean, you can do that if you're a communist and you're an atheist. Well, it's just evolution. Well, so much for your evolution, so much for things getting better. How do you explain this stuff? The only way that you can explain it is there's a God in heaven who's mad. I just don't, I don't think that there is such a, a being. Well, you're stoned. You get mad, don't you? Why would God not get mad? You get mad because things are not going your way, because you get frustrated, because you get upset, things are not turning out the way that you want them to turn out. Well, if you're made in God's image, where'd you get that from? God's upset. Break it all down. Something don't turn out the way that you want it to. Break it all down. Take it all apart. Start over again. And so this is just a little space. You say it's six to eight weeks. I don't know how long it'll be. You don't either. None of these crackpots know in the government. They don't know how long it's going to be. Might be six to eight weeks. Might be six to eight months. You don't know. God help us. I'm going to kill my wife if it's six to eight months. No, I'm just kidding. I love my wife. But nonetheless... I'm just kidding. If the FBI is listening to this, I am kidding. I'd have no life insurance policy on my wife. There's no motive for me to kill my wife. I love my wife. Bunch of nitwits. But nonetheless, nonetheless, here's a little space. Here's a little space that God's raised up to just tear things down. And when it all gets torn down, maybe he'll start back over and rebuild back up. That's what you do. Reprobates. We're reprobates. You say, Brother, Brother Nathan, they're, they're reprobates. No, we. Right. We. Church members. People's Baptist Church. We're reprobates. We better start getting right with God. Amen. God's mad. God's angry. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Uh, there's a verse, I believe. Let me see if I can find it very quickly. It's in, I believe it's in First uh, Timothy. First Timothy, I don't know what, it's Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 19, the Bible says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. So there's a mark by which the, you, can, you can know that, uh, let me put it to you like this. In, in First Corinthians chapter 3, Paul told the church, the carnal church, the church at Corinth, he told them, <clears throat> he said, he said, other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ. It's Jesus Christ. Okay, well, Paul turns around here in 2 Timothy writing to this young pastor, and he says, nevertheless, the foundation of God. You say, what is that? Jesus Christ. Has the foundation of God been established in a man's life? Well, here's the seal. Here's the mark by which you can know the Lord has, God has established that foundation in a man's life. First of all, the Lord knoweth them that are his. You may not, I may not, getting ready to preach out of uh, 2 Corinthians, not this morning, but out of 1 Corinthians chapter 5 about this issue of fornication. And it's bad, it's wicked, it's rotten, it's dirty, it's devilment. But at the same time, the guy who's doing that's a safe fella. Oh, no, that can't be. Then why is he writing to the fella that's at the church of Corinth? On top of that, why does Paul tell the church at Colossae, which is a good church, Colossians chapter 3, I believe it is, might be Colossians 2, but it's verse 5, 
number of death. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. First one, fornication. Why, why tell a church that? Why tell safe people that? Because it's possible. It's possible. You say it's not possible. I understand that you think it's not possible because you wouldn't do something like that. But I, I don't think it's possible for you to be saved with all some of the devilment that you're doing. But that makes no difference to the Lord. The Lord knoweth them that are His. You look at somebody. I understand, man. I understand somebody living in devilment and never see any repercussions from that. You wonder. But at the same time, you don't know. There's some ways you can find out. Preach the truth. Preach the truth and watch people's reaction. A guy that constantly gets offended with the truth and doesn't like any of the truth, it's a good sign that the spirit of truth is not in him. Of course, there's a lot of professing Christians sitting in churches that are church members, members of the local church that don't like the truth. The Lord knoweth them that are his. We don't know, but the Lord knows. You can see, you can judge them by their fruit, but the Lord knows. That's the first. And second, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. One of the ways that we know you're a Christian is because you quit your devilment. You say, well, what if I don't quit my devilment? Well, you might still be saved. Of course, you might not. I don't know. You might not have ever gotten saved. I don't know. But if you got saved, if you trusted in what Christ did for you at Calvary, you're saved. Even living like the devil? Yeah. You're still saved. The Lord knoweth them that are his. But on that same coin, a penny doesn't have just heads. It's got heads and tails. On that same coin, heads is the Lord knoweth them that are his. Tails is let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. You don't separate the two. They go together. You can't judge me by my fruit. Then what am I supposed to judge you by? Well, you're not supposed to judge me. Okay, so what am I supposed to do? Let a child molester hang around my kids just because they profess they're a Christian? Where do you draw the line? I'll tell you where I draw the line or where I want to draw the line with God's book. What's the book say? Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Number one, fornication. It got a bunch of other things. That's in Colossians 2 or 3, I forget, but it's verse 5. I know that. He says, mortify, therefore, your members. Okay, well, here's a fellow who's not, he's, he's engaged in all of that mess that Paul's telling the church at Colossae not to be engaged in. Well, I don't know whether the guy's saved or not. I'm not going to stick around long enough to find out whether he is. That's not the attitude of a pastor. I know. I know. What you expect is the attitude of a pastor is to just cut loose and just say, it's okay, whatever you're doing, you can do whatever you want to, and you can bring that into the church and we'll be fine, we'll be okay. Which is why your country's in the shape that it is, because many pastors have done that foolishness. Take it somewhere else. I... I 
I wish you'd get right with the Lord. I, that's why we preach the way, the way that we do around here. That's, that's why we engage in Christianity the way that we do. We're not preaching so that you'll leave. We're preaching so that you get right. But man, after you hang around for a couple of weeks and you, we see that you're fully intent on not getting right with God, what else are we supposed to do? You hold an office in the church and you don't want to come to church. What are we supposed to do? Let you keep giving that example to the rest of the church and act like it's okay? Go to the First Baptist. They'll let you do that as long as you put in a big check. See, I can't, I can't preach about what you give because I don't know. I don't look at any of the tithes. I don't look at any of that stuff. I, I try to pay attention to what comes in in a general number as far as what comes in in the offering. I try to pay attention to that, and I try to pay attention to what goes out, try to trim stuff down. Of course, I've got one thing I've got to get taken care of with windstream. try to get that stuff taken care of, but at the same time, I can't preach about what you give or what you don't give. I know you should, which we'll, we'll come across that potentially, Lord willing, we'll come across that in, uh, in next Sunday school class, verses 9 and 10. <clears throat> you say, you're going to preach about tithing? No, I'm going to talk about giving. But nonetheless, I'm not, not preaching about that. I don't know what you give. I know you should. But, man, you've got to set an example. If you're an officer in the church, you've got to set an example for the rest of the folks in the church. Some of you folks sitting at home this morning, <clears throat> listen to me. You wouldn't let me stay in this pulpit, and you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You wouldn't let me stay in this pulpit if you found out that I was committing adultery. Of course, I don't know. Some of you might. I, I'm not sure because there are churches around that are that insane. But if you got any sense, you wouldn't let me stick around. You'd pray me out. Right. Hey, God, kill him. Kill him or let him move. Yeah. Amen. Right. Amen. 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 Well, listen. <clears throat> why, if you wouldn't let me do something like that, why, why should I let you sit around if you're not going to come to church? You said, Brother Nathan, why are you riding on us about this thing when you know we're not there for the coronavirus? I'm not talking about that. I'm preaching to you like you're here this morning because you wasn't coming before the coronavirus showed up. You're looking for an excuse to lay out a church, and so God gave it to you, dingbat. Man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. You dreamed up, I'm just too tired. I work all day. Shut your mouth, sucker. Listen, listen here, dipstick. I worked a full-time job and pastored this church for about six months. Don't tell me about being tired. I ain't taking that mess from you. That's a bunch of foolishness. You don't know nothing about being tired. I ain't taking that foolishness. Now, see, some, some of you folks at home, you get just as quiet as the folks are here. And, and that's okay. I don't take that as rebellion because 
I can, I can feel the temperature in the room. I can't feel the temperature at your house, so I'm a, lot less to, I'm a lot less inclined to care about how you feel about it. You full of hell twice plucked up by the roots. You a puffed up, bloated hog that's so full of yourself, you can't pull yourself, pull your sorry carcass off of your couch or off your chair to get down to the house of God when it's open. And then you expect me to turn a blind eye about that stuff and not worry about whether or not you showing up at church and you an officer or just a church member. You know what I am, folks? I'm a church member. You say you're a pastor. Yes, I am, but first I'm a church member. I've been I've been ruined. I've been ruined. You know how I got ruined? I got ruined because I was raised in a home where mama and daddy told me, taught me, and led me by example to believe that going to church was not an option. It just isn't. It's, it's not something that you give in on. You, every time the doors are open, you show up. And I know, I know for a fact that there are some folks in this church that when they find, find out that we all came this morning, they're going to be mad with me. And you know what? I'd rather them be mad with me over that than something stupid like, how come you didn't let us know we were having dinner on the grounds? God bless you for being mad at me about changing my mind at the last minute. I, I pray the Lord bless you for that. You're right in doing so. But boy, there's some folks, man, some folks, man, looking for every, I'm just too tired. Oh, I got a headache. I understand the circumstances with the virus. If you got a headache, please stay at home. (laughs) Don't bring that to me. I'm not interested in that. But at the same time, you're just looking for an opportunity to get mad with folks. You're looking for an opportunity to get mad with the preacher. I've said some stuff within the past couple of weeks that's really miffed some of you folks sitting at home. I don't know, maybe some of you folks sitting in here. You better get right with God, you bunch of reprobates. But nonetheless, nonetheless, it's miffed some of you folks. And, boy, buddy, the stuff is tightened up around here. You better start getting right with God. God's going to come visit you, you old heifer. Amen. That's right. That's right. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. You say, well, Brother Nathan, I'm doing everything right that I know to do. Then you shouldn't be getting upset with me over anything I'm saying this morning. Hey, preacher, stand up and rip a congregation open and not call any names. Hey, if I'm not guilty of anything that he's saying, I don't have any reason to sit there and hang my head unless it's, oh, I can't remember the the word, but unless it's scornful language, I mean, unless he's really going over in excess, which preachers have been known to do. I've done that before. Not a good thing, but I'm not going overboard this morning. I'm not going overboard this morning. I'm just telling you the way that it is. You may think that I'm going overboard, but that's because you're on the wrong side of the line. And I guess maybe from your perspective, I am going overboard, but not from God's perspective, not from the perspective of the book. You say, I just don't understand why you got to talk to me that way. Okay, I'll tell you what. Take a Bible and show me where what I have said this morning is wrong. You say, well, you're, you're loaded with a lot of legalist preaching. You don't know what a legalist is. 
A lot of folks in here this morning, there's not a whole lot of folks here, but I know that there's a lot of folks at home this morning, you're listening, and you're at home because of certain circumstances. I'm not upset with you about that. What I am upset with you is that some of you, that before this whole thing kicked off, you wasn't coming to church anyway. You wasn't on fire for the Lord anyway. And listen, at the end of the day, I have to go home and let God deal with you about that, and I'm going to. I'm going to pray for you. But at the same time, you wanting me to look at that and justify it and act like it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. You not being here when you're able to, that is a vote on your behalf to shut the doors of the church. I can guarantee you without looking at the finances that you've already quit giving. Of course, I mean, that's not really hard to do. I mean, if you're not here, you're not giving. I know that. Let me just tell you this morning, I love you, but you're not going to run over us. You're not, you're not going to run over this pastor. You're not, you can try, and listen, I, I believe that if you try to run over me, I, I have the responsibility to say, take the same attitude that God does. You can try, but the thing that will stand after you get done running your mouth and getting upset with me, the thing that's going to stand in the background is God's Word. It's truth. And you can beat your head up against a brick wall and you can run me down and get upset with me and you can mean it personally. But at the end of the day, what you're upset with is you're not upset with a preacher. You're upset with God and the way that God set this thing up. I love you and I hate it for you how it's going to turn out for you, but it's not going to turn out good. It's not going to turn out good. I ask you, reconsider. Reconsider. Be not wise in thine own eyes. That's the problem. You've got, you've got your own mind made up on how it's supposed to be, and you think that it ought to be this way, it should be this way, or blah, blah, blah. You're a fool. You're a fool. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Listen, the people that are afraid of God, the people that are afraid of the way that God wants things done, they, they're they stand in awe of God. They look at the God of the universe and say, God put all this stuff that I see, and even the stuff that I don't see, that's the God that I'm serving. That's the God that I'm in contact with. The people that are afraid of that God, that's a people that will look for His truth. God, how do you want me to do things, Lord? How can I get in contact with you? And I tell you, the God that put all this stuff into play and I'm talking about the God that creates all this stuff, the God that has, is worthy of your praise and your worship. That's the same God that's living in your soul, that's living in your heart, telling you, boy, you better get right with God. That's the same God. It's the Holy Spirit living in your heart saying, boy, you know that preacher's right. It could help you. It could help you this morning. All right. God, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. God, I know, Lord, that I've gone over about... Uh, 15 minutes, but Lord, I don't, I don't believe that that'll hurt anybody's feelings, and if it does, it'll be okay, Lord. I know, God, I believe with all my heart that everything that needed to be said was said this morning. And God, before that, Lord, I pray, God, I pray that you'd minister to the folks, God, of People's Baptist Church that are maybe at home, God, because of concern about this virus. Lord, I do pray, God, that you'd help them, God, and comfort their hearts. But, Lord, I pray that you'd help them, God, to spend time in the Word of God this week and help them, God, help them, Lord, deal with their hearts. 
And God, help them, Lord, to pour over the Scripture, God. Lord, I, I know, God, that, Lord, I'm a preacher, God, and so I may hold higher standards for myself, God, than, Lord, really what you do for the people. And, Lord, that's, it's none of my business as far as their personal relationship with you, God. Lord, every man's got his own relationship with you. But, God, I know some things that are absolute. God, I know some things that are true. I know some things that are real. God, however much Bible they're reading, however much time they're spending with you in prayer, however much they're coming to church, I know that it's right to read their, to, for them to read their Bible. I know it's right for them to pray, and I know it's right for them to come to church. I know it's right for them to witness. And so, God, I pray that you'd help them, God, and deal with them, strengthen them. God, encourage them. Help them, God, Lord, to shake out of this slumber, God, that may have been induced by the media and the government. God, help these folks, Lord, I pray, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we'll probably sing a song here in just a little while, and then after that we'll preach, and then we'll dismiss for this morning. So we'll take about five minutes or so.